And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this special edition, New Year's Eve playoff edition of Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen back with you as your host. And Kirk, uh, first of all, uh, interesting scenario on Sunday. We want to spend a lot of time on that, but it, to, to, to see you on the sidelines with your helmet on the entire game, what was that uh, experience like for you to watch an entire regular season game from the sidelines? Well, you know, life is a backup quarterback. I mean, I've lived it. I lived it in college, and I lived it for my first few years in the pros, but for the last five seasons, I just haven't done it. And so it was a very foreign feeling. I guess the preseason a little bit, but even those preseason games, you tend to play a little bit or start the game. So it felt foreign. Um, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, but, um, you know, it was good to support Sean and, and be in a different perspective. And I was hoping that having that different perspective from the sideline mm-hmm. and going through a different experience may help me uh, and give me a new outlook that hopefully when I get back to playing this week will, will somehow provide a benefit. And hopefully it'll serve all of you well going into New Orleans. That was the Sunday. plan, you know, yeah. to be rested, uh, uh, you know, allow players who had played most every snap all year to just catch their breath and then also, you know, not risk injury. And uh, I think there's value in playing younger players, too, for just developing your football team for the years ahead. Uh, it would seem that that's you know really valuable time in the game on Sunday. I assume you watched uh, the final seconds of Sunday night Seattle San Francisco game. There was so much hanging in the balance, decided literally by inches, uh, your fate, uh, Seattle's fate, everyone else's fate, uh, and and in that in that football game, what was, what was going through your mind when you were watching that? <laughs> it's an amazing league, isn't it? That yeah, so it many is. things can move on an inch or a penalty flag or. Uh, <laughs> Whatever it may be, and last night or Sunday night was no different. But uh, I actually went to bed at halftime. I oh, just, you did! <laughs> I couldn't stay up. You know, I go to bed pretty early all week long, and I thought, you know, if there ever was a week to stay disciplined in my in my sleep habits, this is the week. So I went to bed at halftime and uh, got up in the morning early. You know, my mind was racing a little bit, so sure. I had to check and see, and then saw the highlights and saw the results and kind of piece it together and realized. Uh, it was quite a game. It was very close to us playing somewhere else, but but now, based on the result, we're headed to New Orleans. Well, now, is there a different feel in the building uh, when you have uh, starting with a, you know one game, one game and done, sort of uh, winning, winning out, uh, winning, keep going, uh, losing out, uh, no more reevaluating after a loss. It's just a different sense in the building. It it is a different. It's like a new season, and it's a one game season, and uh, there's a sense of urgency. Um, there's an electricity, and that's a good thing. So it's fun. It's it's something you've worked for, not just all season to get to this point, but you look back to the off season. You look back to even you know roster moves that are made and decisions that are made in February and March, and all those are to get in the playoffs. And once you're in the dance, to then play football well enough to continue playing. And uh, for us, it's a one game season each week. We got to go one and zero this week. When fans and the media think of the Saints, they automatically think of Drew Brees. And you are a lot more concerned, obviously, with the Saints' defense. And what comes to mind when you start evaluating that uh, area that yeah. you have to deal with? I think of Dennis Allen as the as the coordinator. Uh, I've played against him a, a couple times now. I have great respect for him, and uh, they've won a lot of football games with him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I think of, of their personnel. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a guy who I believe might have led the NFL in interceptions as mm-hmm. a rookie, or, or if he didn't, he was close. Um, you know, and I could name a lot of guys. I mean, the linebackers are very accomplished. When you look at Kiko Alonso, A.J. Klein, Demario Davis, uh, even Craig Robertson has played a lot of football for them. So, and then Cameron Jordan, you know, arguably be the one of the best players not only in the Saints but in, in the NFL. So. Um, you know, a lot of names, a lot of players. They just picked up Janoris Jenkins from the Giants mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. He's a great corner. Um, so there's a reason they're 13 and three. There's a reason they've been in the playoffs now for several years. And um, it's not just the fact that their offense is so good. They have a top defense too. 
Is the preparation more intense because it's a playoff game? I mean, how, even you look at all the Saints games, you work with the coaching staff, a lot of it on your own. How does that process work between now and Sunday? Yeah, it'll be in-depth, um, certainly starting with more recent games to get a feel for mm-hmm. where they've been as of late. But you do go back and look at a larger sample size, and then you even go back and look at your own personal experience against them. And, and so with the fact that Coach Allen has been their D coordinator for several years now and many of their players have been there for several years and they do have continuity from that standpoint, you can gain value from watching tape you know, much further back than most teams where you'd say even one year ago, different coach, different mm-hmm. players, not going to get much from watching it. We all know how loud it's going to be in the Superdome, but is it also good to be in a controlled weather environment as far as you're concerned and where how it fits yeah. into the scheme uh, with this football team, what you want to do? Yeah, you know, when the season begins, I think you're aware of playoff implications and, and weather and, and all that goes into that. But uh, now that we're here, I guess maybe it's because we've been living in Minnesota for the last couple of months here with winter temps. But, uh, you know, you just kind of deal with whatever it is. Both teams have to play in conditions. And uh, uh, I know, you know, if it's a competitive advantage to us, I'll always take it over the over the chance to play indoors in a, in a you know, nice environment. Worst kept secret when you're playing the Saints, uh, red zone offense. Uh, you want to hit, hit the six. You don't want to yeah. settle for three when you're playing that football team because, you know, Breeze and that offense is capable of lighting it up pretty good. Yeah, you, you don't want to be trading field goals for touchdowns. Uh, you don't want to be gifting them anything. So they're good enough as it is to drive the length of the field. We don't want to give them a short field. Um, you know, field position is important. Anytime you can steal a few yards here or there and gain some field position, it makes a big difference. And so uh, we're going to try to win this one the way we've tried to win all of them, which is, you know, establish the line of scrimmage, run the football well, uh, you know, manage the game well, uh, avoid the penalties, the, the, the critical errors, and uh, uh, play complementary football with the offense, the defense, and the special teams. And rely on a lot of different people and a lot of different names and uh, and if we do that you know we certainly believe we have the the caliber of a football team to be mm-hmm. able to play with and win in, in in the playoffs yeah assuming all hands are on deck uh, Dalvin's back uh, the rest of the guys are back offensive lines intact do you like what this offense is capable of that you've shown enough that you can perform at the highest possible level on Sunday against the Saints yeah you know it's interesting how week to week it is I mean you even watch around the league um, and you see what the Lions and the Packers game was like on Sunday and how it went back and forth and how the Lions had a good lead and very easily could have won the game uh, they finished with three wins and the Packers finished season with three losses and yet uh, it, it was so close so you realize week to week anything can happen, and to answer your question, absolutely, I believe in our group and what we have, but we have to bring our best foot forward. To, you know, We have to bring our best to the table, especially in the playoffs, and if our best team doesn't show up, no, we're not going to get it done, but us at our best can absolutely do it. Kirk, you're really good at tuning out the noise, the outside noise. You've talked about that almost since game one, but you know in particular in this game, um, it could fuel you as well. You could pay, go through any national uh, network te- television sports show, and they're going to say, who do you like, the Saints or the Vikings? It's going to be Saints, 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 Saints. Yeah. It's us against the world type of mentality. Yeah. Does that filter back inside? Does it matter? Do you use it? Is it the old college thing, or is it just like, you know what, we're professionals. I, I get it. We're underdogs. we got to yeah. deal with it. we got to go out and play at the highest level. It's a little of both. I-, I-, I know that there's a desire to prove ourselves, and there's nothing wrong with that, and, and I think it helps you. So we're going to find every piece of motivation we can, and uh, when you're the underdog, you don't have to look very far. Um, but certainly the us against the world mentality has been used before. It'll be used again. And, uh, 
no reason why we can't, you know, muster that up this week. Playoffs are a time when uh, players, teams, uh, quarterbacks can cement their legacy. Uh, you look at this as a yeah. great opportunity. Uh, Drew Brees has got his pretty much cemented. He's got the ring. And how do you approach that as a personal challenge for yourself and what this means to, to, to you when you get into a series like this when it's a – you hope it's going to be a long string of games yet. Well, it's interesting how we've sat here for – 16, 17 weeks and talked about each game and each one felt so important and so life or death. And yet you look back now and you realize all that work was for this game up ahead. And really, if we had won them all, Mm -hmm. but then lost this next game, it would have felt like for nothing. And vice versa, if we had gone nine and seven and snuck our way in, uh, if we get this next win or win the next few, that's all that matters. And so you feel that the work is still out in front of us, even though there's so much work behind us for 2019. Really, the task is still out in front of us, and uh, that's exciting. Uh, it's a great opportunity, and uh, hopefully, you know, we bring the team that I know we're capable of to the to the table. And if we do that, you know, we can get a win and have a very special day. Let's say we'll talk again next Monday after you beat the Saints. I would love that. that. All right, Kirk, great stuff. Uh, we'll be back with your guest of the week, wide receiver Stephon Diggs, right after this. Under center with Kirk Cousins. This is Chris Corso filling in for Mark Rosen on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. We have a special guest here. He was tough to track down, but we finally <laughs> got him in here, Kirk. Stefan Diggs is in the radio studio. <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for having me. Diggsy, it's great to have you, man. First of all, uh, congrats and thank you for the great season you've had thus far. Thanks, bro. But we've got a ways to go still. For sure. For we sure. we got to get this thing done, and we got to make a run uh, beyond just week 17. 100%. So, uh, and we're going to lean on you to do that. Looking back now, uh, what are your reflections on this past season? I would say it's been fun. It kind of stable. It kind of got real, real stable after the first six. I feel like uh, we kind of learned who we are the first couple games and figuring out what we did well. And I feel like when it kind of like it never really plateaued. We figure out what we like to do, what we're good at. And then we kind of got better as time went on. So I feel like, you know, we got a, we got our identity. We know what we like to do. And I feel like this this year has it hasn't really been a roller coaster. You know, I feel like last year we had somewhat of a roller coaster of good and bad, good and bad. And this year we've had like a, that same mantra of the same mindset of what we want to do and what we want to get done. So It's so much more fun when we can string some wins together like oh. we have this year. Last year, 2018, it was, you know, win, loss, win, loss. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get in a rhythm. I feel like we found that rhythm a little bit more mm-hmm. this year. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, when Adam went down with his injury against Detroit and we had about a, I don't know what it was, six, seven-game stretch without him, you really stepped up, man. It's crazy because uh, definitely when you say my first game, I was playing with Adam. You know, he was up and I was up. It's crazy because uh, Adam was more so known for a special teams guy. And, you know, that game, I think a guy broke his hand. The game mm-hmm. prior, broke his hand and the guy hurt his rib. So two guys are down. So mm-hmm. two guys got to play. Yeah. And uh, me and Adam are out there. It's our first time out there. We played okay. We had, uh, I think he had like eight catches for 80. And in wow. that time, we had, that's a lot of yards because, Nobody had any production the first couple of games yeah. that year, so yep. uh, it was a, it was a lot. It was a sight to see. We had a lot of fun, and as that year go, as that year went on, um, we had some success, and then Adam started growing into his own and kind of like uh, build a name for himself. Yep. And it was exciting to watch. So throughout my career, I've, I've had him. I've always had him right there. And this this year, when it uh, when he went down, it was just it was definitely a shocker because yeah. it, it caught us by surprise. Yeah. And Adam's never been hurt. Adam's never hurt. So I, everybody was everybody was shocked. One, but for two. You know, you kind of preach that mindset of, uh, you know, next man up, but it ain't it ain't as easy when it's your partner in crime. And 
and you getting you getting a little bit more coverage on the outside as far as like depending on how they want to stop you as far as like clouding the side, the the boundary or you know uh playing cover two is really like one of the things I hate the most but uh what do you hate about it it's just the fact that you don't got too many roads backside like once you go once you cloud the backside you usually gotta work the other side because you know I'm pretty much dead but for me uh, kind of working around that and finding new ways to get the ball and moving around and, you know, kind of working with you. I kind of learned, learned a lot more by myself as well. So, What's it like for you when he's the receiver that the defense is focusing on? You don't have Adam out there. What's it like for you to still get him the ball? You still want to get him the ball. Oh, there's no doubt. And that, you know, the narrative became, all right, we got to get Irv Smith involved. We got to get three tight ends in the field. We got to get BC Johnson involved. We're going to run the ball. We're going to use Dalvin in the passing game. You know, try to find other ways to move the ball without Adam. But the one constant was Stefan Diggs. You know, he's still going to be on the field when we have three tight ends and a running back in the yep. game. You know, you can put any grouping <laughs> of five people, but the one consistent thing was number 14 is going to be one of those five guys. Mm. And, uh, and so we leaned on him quite a bit for explosives, and defenses knew that, and, and they could take him away, like he said, with a cloud look, a, a, a too-deep look. Mm-hmm. And we had to be creative with uh, the routes we give him so that they are a good answer versus a, a doubled look. Yep. And then also um, use him as a decoy a little bit yeah, and yeah, say, hey, if he can draw some players, then hopefully that's going to open somebody else up. What about the deep ball this year? I was t- talking to Kevin the other day, Stefanski, and he was telling me that you are the best receiver he's seen tracking <laughs> that deep ball. There's been a ton of passes from you, Kirk. Yeah. That have just been right on the money. I, what, what I mean, you guys have connected on a lot of those this year. I feel like more so. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going really. I'm not taking. Give any him credit. credit. I'm not taking any <laughs> credit because he throws. He throws a hell of a ball, especially yeah. a deep ball. And yeah. since he's been here, he's always thrown a great deep ball. And it's, it's friendly. It's easy to catch. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not like pop flyers. You know, it's just on time and it's where it needs to be. So I feel like he. Uh, he has the confidence when he throws. When he throws the ball up in the air, and I just got to make a play for him. It's been. It's been fun. First and 10 Vikings from their own 38. Cousins from under center. Straight drop. It's another deep shot. Diggs, center of the field. Caught it on the run. 2015-10. Touchdown! Well, I was just going to say that uh, he adjusts to the ball really well. And so, obviously, he has great speed. Um, you got to have good movement skills to be a, a special receiver in, in our league. But he adjusts to the ball. And I played with a guy named Deshaun Jackson who did that really well as, mm-hmm. as well. But was those he, are was probably he faster than Diggs? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun gets a lot of credit for his speed, and rightfully so. But honestly, yeah. what made Deshaun elite was his ability to adjust to the football. Because it's hard 40, 50 yards down the field to throw the ball perfectly. You're going to be a yard or two off. That's, they're just going to naturally be a, a little room for error. Yeah. The receiver has to make you right with his ability as the ball's on its way there, as it's yeah. 30 yards there. <laughs> Uh, with 20 yards to go, he's got to be able to find it, adjust, and then make it look like it was thrown perfectly. And that's what Deshaun did well, but that's what Stefan does well. And people, it's hard to evaluate that. You have to you have to feel it in practice and realize, man, I'm throwing it in like a general area, and yet it always looks like it's right on the money. Yeah. Even just uh, a couple weeks ago against the Chargers, I threw a, a double move to Stefan. It actually ended up being incomplete because they said he didn't get his second foot down yeah. in balance, but it was a it was a back shoulder, if you will. But I didn't tell him pre-snap it's going to be a back shoulder. I just, just throw it a little yeah. short, he, he and he gets his eyes around. Talk about around. that play and just oh adjusting God. to the ball. It, it bothered me so much, and I really and I don't. I'm I never make excuses. That's the toe drag. I never make excuses, and I feel like I was just a little off on my like trajectory on where I was on the field because I felt like I had way more space than I did because I was like kind of lackadaisical with keeping my feet in because yeah. I thought I had more more room. Yeah. But uh, it was just it was like. 
just pitch and catch playing quarterback, you know, playing quarterback. It was playing a great adjustment. And, and I feel like he just gave me a chance to make a play on the ball. And that's a big thing. He always gave me a chance to make a play on the ball. That's all I want is a chance. There's a know? lot of receivers that just wouldn't adjust to that ball and yeah. it would fall incomplete and it would look as if the quarterback completely missed the throw. Yep. But he comes back and finds the ball in such a way where we got a shot. And so it's fun to throw the ball in his general area and know, well, here goes nothing. He's going to figure it out. Play action to Abdullah on second and 14. Cousins boots out to the right. Deep shot. Diggs. Wide open. Caught at the 10. Stephon Diggs. Like he said, he wants a chance, and he deserves a chance, and uh, we got to give him as many opportunities as we can. I it's, like his mindset, though, always. When we get he's one-on-one. He's a, a gunslinger. Yeah, yeah. When we get he one-on-one backside, yeah. we one-on-one backside. We we usually on the same the page. Philly what's game. going on? What's going yeah, on? If Philly. I got a chance, yeah. he's gonna give me a chance. First and ten from their own forty-nine. Cousins boots out to the left. He wants more. Deep digs inside the five. Touchdown! Stephon Diggs. Yeah, another another play that he made really well on was on Darius Slay. One of the, I think he's a Pro Bowl corner this year, but uh, yeah, on a yeah. run back on a bootleg. Um, just a really tight coverage. He just does an unbelievable job of body control, of keeping his feet in balance, making a tough catch. Uh, I think Stefan is very underrated in that sense. And even uh, talk about the Omaha you caught uh, one-handed against the Chargers. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't. I feel like I rolled out of it. I didn't give it a hard stick at the top where I probably would have had more speed yeah. to catch up to the ball. But I really had to. I really tried to put two hands on it, but uh, I was a little bit out of reach. But I try to get my hand or try to make a play just to keep the chains moving. That was an all-timer for me to yeah. make. The, we made Bob. that one-handed catch. Thanks, Bob. Talk a little bit about a guy who's probably not going to be. Drafted uh, as as late as we were. That's your brother. Oh man, down at Alabama. Oh, yeah, uh, is he still projected to be a high pick? And and uh, just what's what's the latest on him and his future? Yeah, he's uh, he's he's extremely excited. For one, um, I had a conversation with him like yesterday. Uh, he's still projected to go pretty high on a, yeah. on a, on a, um, on a draft board. But he's a big corner. He's bigger than me. Six two. Wow. Two oh five. Two oh eight. Wow. Can run. And he played in the SEC, and you know, in uh, in this league, a lot of guys from the SEC they play. They call it big boy football over there. And you know, I don't sham any other conference. You know, I'm I'm a Big Ten guy now. <laughs> yeah. You know, ACC. But uh, I feel like he's he's gonna have a better career than I had at least uh, coming out initially. He's gonna wow. he's a very he's not like me. I would say I think he's a little bit more timid, a little more shy, and he just wants to play ball. So I'm I'm really excited for him. Uh, hopefully, I get to play, line up against him. Bruce, you normally say he's better than you. I've heard that yeah, a few I, times. I, I say he is. Why do you than say me. that? Cause like uh, he's he played corner. He, I mean, he played receiver throughout college, and then they switched him to corner. Wow. And he made to make that switch and still have a high draft gate or to do well or have uh, play with some successes. It's an athlete. At, so. Mar- at Maryland or coming out and recruiting, did anybody ever try to make you a corner with your athleticism? Crazy. Uh, Clemson and Alabama, the two schools that say. You know, uh, we got a bunch of receivers, but we would love you at corner. And it came to find out they did have hell of receivers. Clemson had Sammy Walgers, Martavis exactly. Bryant, yep. uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Loaded, yeah. And then Alabama had Amari Cooper at wow. the time. I think it was a couple other guys that they had that were pretty good. So uh, it kind of shook out the way it was supposed to You probably would have um, – Going on to the NFL as a corner, if you had, if you so. had done that, I'd but uh, but I think it's worked out for you. <laughs> and I I love a guy who stays home, uh, plays for a school that isn't going to land a guy like him all the time, yep. and and is a huge impact player. I wish more big time recruits did that. I wish they would stay home, play for the school nearby, uh, represent their home state, their home team, and yeah. uh, and leave an impact. You know, and and I think it's pretty cool that Diggsy decided to do that, being from D.C. and staying in College Park, Maryland, and uh, you know, being one of the better players they will have ever had there. Tell the story. What went into that? Like why you stayed close to home at Maryland? Because it's a good story. Yeah, at that at that point in time, um, 
like around like uh, going into high school, I had lost my dad. Yep. So it was mm-hmm. really just me and my brothers. Yep. And uh, I had uh, it's crazy because we all played football. Everybody had had the whole little high school thing. And then uh, when it's time to make me make a decision for college, I decided to stay home just to be close to them. And uh, it was it was it went to it went uh, it was a lot that went into it. You know, when you think about yeah. your family and kind of wanting being close by and having that support system. Yep. So for me, uh, I wanted to be close to my little my little brothers. You know, I really I have a lot of a lot of love and appreciation for them for having my back and motivated me. So uh, up to this point. But for when it was their time, I wanted them to go away for school, take your opportunity and run with it. So my little brother, he committed to Alabama, and I was extremely excited. Wow. About it. Being drafted in the fifth round, yeah. Do you can you like name all the wide receivers that were drafted before you? I think it was fourteen receivers taken in front of me. And, really, and, that and many? Could you name a few of them or no? Yeah, I can name. <laughs> uh, Nelson Aguilar was taken in front of me. Philip Dorsett was taken in front of me. Jalen Strong was taken in front of me. Rashad Green was taken in front of me. Um, a couple guys got drafted in the first round. I remember that. Um, Coop was taken in front of me. Kevin White was taken in front of me. Wow. It's a lot of guys that were taken in front of me. and um, But going in, I wasn't – I try not to think about it that way because those guys worked for the opportunity. They had success in college, whether you went to whatever school. They played extremely well, and um, they deserved the opportunity at that point. That's a good perspective. And it was crazy because when I was coming out at the combine, I had a video of me saying, like, I feel like I'm one of the best receivers in this draft class. But that was just me. And at the, when I said that at the combine, like, one of the reporters kind of laughed and said, like, what made you say that? I said, because what yeah. I can do. Because yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what I feel like. Yeah. And it kind of, like, came full circle around this time. It's like this. I can stand on what I said. I, I was 100% right. And yeah. I, it's right. really just a couple of us now that's having success out of my draft class. Yeah, that's pretty special. I mean, I didn't realize it was 14 guys. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were seven quarterbacks who went yeah. ahead of me, and we had a pretty loaded class. There were some really good players, but yeah. I didn't think about double that, you know, 14 receivers. I guess it makes sense. They draft a lot. But uh, yeah. talk a little bit about your hands and your ability. I came over to you at practice a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You yeah. may remember this. I just noticed, again, the way you adjusted to a football. And I said, Digsy, you got such good hand-eye coordination. <laughs> Do you think you could have played like baseball or yeah. golf or tennis? Not that you necessarily grew up playing those sports, but I said, I feel like that was an opportunity missed. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> a lot of kids grow up getting to play them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever wonder like what you could have done in a different arena of a different sport? Yeah, I actually uh, I played baseball one year. One year. I've seen you swing a bat. Year. It's not. It's I'm not I say it. I say it because I'm, I'm a baseball player. I'm and I know he is too. I'm terrible. Certain <laughs> football players are football players because they're big, strong, fast, but they don't have the coordination, the smoothness, you know. <laughs> but he does. He does, and so that's why I brought it up to him. Was yeah. I feel like if you had started at a younger age, you could have been able to do those things because you have that natural <laughs> yeah. feel. I got a time warp. If I can go back and do it all over again, I think I would get a little bit more into baseball. A lot more money. You see that Derek Cole contract, man? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Stefan, for joining us. Anytime. A big playoff run coming for your Minnesota Vikings. This is Under Center with Kirk Cousins.